Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation. This is Allison Kay, and I am sitting in a beautiful sunny day in Chicago, but we do not have any mountains here. So I decided to talk to a guest who can tell us all about the mountains where he's at if we don't uh, want to just focus on business. We are heading over to Zurich, Switzerland, and we are speaking with Dorian Sells, CEO and founder of Squirro. Um, Squirro is a wonderful company. He's going to tell us all about what they do. Dorian himself has been selected amongst the 100 digital shapers in Switzerland and the top 30 digital leaders in Switzerland. They work with companies like Bank of England, European Central Bank, and more. But I promise you, he's going to have practical business advice, as well as we're going to talk about business decisions related to society. So Dorian, welcome to the program. Thank you, Alison, for having me. Nice yeah. to be on the show. Tell us again, in your own words, what Squirrel does and what it delivers to the world. Um, we are an insights engine. That is, we are able to extract out of predominantly unstructured data, that is textual data, that is email as an example, that can be research node, that can be email, that can be any type of um, other, say, service nodes or, or knowledge items or it can be also premium data feeds from the outside. All that information that is immediately accessible to us humans because you can read. But if you add that to an Excel sheet, the only thing you get out of it is maybe the number of um, characters in that particular cell, but never the meaning of it. So we have developed technology that is able to extract that insight out of this type of data. Now, that's simply the technology beneath. What we do with that is we help companies to make better decisions in business life in three domains, sales, service, and risk. Sales, it's all about um, analyzing external and internal data sets. As an example, we do that for an asset manager in Paris, where we analyze their own fund information, market fund information, and market demand to simply point out where their funds compete better than other funds for particular situations. And that delta is a lead, is a potential deal. We do the same for um, banks, as an example, Service Insights for Standard Chartered in Singapore, where we um, analyze all of their incoming tickets. These are multi-threaded long emails where somebody complains that their, say, US dollar to Sing dollar transaction didn't pass through. And we are able to understand, a bit of the machine is able to understand what this is all about, to which workflow it needs to be associated, what is the possible um, time of resolution of that case, and thus speeds up that entire um, customer support situation. The last piece we do in risk is we do that for a couple of um, central banks. That is, as an example, European Central Bank, where they have a significant operation also in financial market stability and supervision, where all the commercial banks need to literally supply millions of documents. And the bank needs to supervise that and to kind of like figure out if the banks, the commercial banks behave according to the rules. So overall, what we do, to simply put it in, in, in a couple of words, is 
It's the classic needle in the haystack problem. Uh, <laughs> big haystack, tons of data, and we were able to identify reliably that one needle that you need and then put that needle in context of your work and thus be able to support you make better and more useful business decisions. That's what we do. So Dorian, if I'm a listener just listening to this, it sounds so sophisticated and it is, it's very sophisticated, but I have to smile because I want my listeners, if you're near a computer to go look up Squirro, S-Q-U-I-R-R-O on the computer, because I have to ask you, your marketing and branding Mm-hmm. Very playful. It's very approachable. It's yep. it's very um, happy and easy. So, can you give me a little background on why you chose the marketing strategy that you have for the brand? Sure. Um, our our marketing strategy is built around uh, the squirrel, uh, this little lovely animal that you maybe see in the park uh, going around. Um, it actually collects acorns. Right, and 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 we collect, we collect informational acorns. That's sort of why we chose that little animal as our, as our logo, as our icon. Um, and obviously, you know, technology. I try to describe it as best as I can. Is often very complex sounding, at least, and is maybe not as approachable as it could be. So we think to transport that into a more playful environment um, makes it more accessible. And then the other piece was pure cold logic. Um, uh, you probably have done that test yourself. If you found a new company, um, everybody wants to stand out, us too. Um, how did we do that? We simply looked at a couple of logo options. And if you have a sea of logos, how can you stand out? Yeah. Many, many logos have some graphical elements, a triangle, a, a, a box, some, some letter type. Hardly anyone has a stand-up standing squirrel animal <laughs> that you can animate nicely. And frankly speaking, that was part of the idea of what we want to do here. You know, Dorian, you make a really great point. I know I've done this a couple times in my career for businesses that I've led where you make a logo board uh, and a brand board and put your brand in the center and put mm-hmm. all the competition around it and and ask those questions. So I, I think that's a good, as I promised our listeners, there's going to be some practical business tips mm-hmm. in this. But Dorian, it's not only the, um, how do I want to say, the, the friendliness of the brand. I, I want to talk about your leadership and, and values and, and visions, because what also comes through on on your website, as long as we're on that piece of the conversation, is I'm impressed that it appears that the business has such a heart for for people and the brand values. And I know that it's not just about, about do this for businesses. I know you have uh, communities, you have academies, you help with different things. But tell me when you when your team started this business, what your leadership values and visions are and how you chose to stay true to those over um you know, the, about the 10 years plus that you've had this company. Mm-hmm. The greatest privilege of my professional life is that I have met my co-founders um, 22 and 24 years ago, respectively. Wow. And we built together. This is about business number four that we are building together. And if you spend a considerable amount of time together, you professionally at least, um, you obviously grow close and, and you talk about things and probably everyone realizes in life that you obviously 
that there is in the business more than simply a strategy deck. There is in business more than simply yet another gyro board. At the end, whether it's a tech business or whether it's a non-tech business, the main difference, and every business book says that, is people that make the difference. And I do come from a small farming village with just about 200 inhabitants, where growing up on the farm, you know, I was taught that you cannot cheat Mother Nature. That is, be open and frank, be be truthful and, um, and, and trustful, because at the end, if you try to shortcut things, it anyway will get out. You, you cannot cheat Mother Nature. So those two things led us to early on to think about obviously strategy, obviously tactics, obviously how to build a hopefully successful business. But it also led us to define some of the core values along which we want to live and lead and kind of like build a company. We have published them on our website in, in, in the About Us section. Here in this company, we have sort of three core core purposes and values, trust, passion, and growth. We give and earn the trust of our customers. They give us their most cherished, their data. Uh, we want to do that with passion. It's a novel field. There is lots of things you still can innovate, and just simply sitting around will not do that. So you need to be passionate about what you do. And at the end, as any small business, you want to grow, not just for the growth's sake, but because at the end of the day, if you grow and also make your customers grow, you can build a sustainable um, business, which is, is important to be able to be a great place of work. And around that, we build a number of ground rules, about 10, um, because we deeply believe that values beat strategy before breakfast every time. Um, and and values combined with great people makes for a very great place to work and hopefully also a very productive and successful company. I appreciate that. I, one of the things you said is you, you talked about extracting insights out of data for business decisions. And, and, you know, Dorian, one of the things that I love to talk about on this program is social responsibility. And we can look at the UN sustainable development goals. Mm -hmm. We can see countries around the world setting different laws and, and regulations to help people make, <laughs> help force people to make better business decisions. Um, but tell us a little bit about what you're seeing companies that you're working with, are they in this area where they're using the data and, and consciously thinking about these decisions for society? Yeah, I do. I can can talk maybe about um, a company that is our customer. It's a company called Radicant. It's a, one of those so-called neobanks. Um, now we have plentiful neobanks over in the US, over here. One of the internationally more recognized one, I believe, is Revolut. Um, at the end, these guys came to the table by um, paying a, a subsidy to the interbank fee through their investors. And through that, they could give you a credit card at a much lower rate than anyone else. But that is not necessarily a new business. That's simply the same business, cheaper, faster, maybe with a nicer online UI. Now, Radicant, this customer of ours went to significantly different, chose a significantly different approach. They said, we want to be the place where a young, affluent audience can make con conscious decisions in how they want to set aside something for later parts of their life, aka save something, but not just simply saving, but actually put that money to good use. 
how can you do that today? You can, as an example, invest in sustainable development goal funds. Uh, the United Nations has uh, published 17 of those. Mm-hmm. Um, they range from no poverty to zero hunger to clean water and sanitation to life on land and so on. And um, what they do is they offer a banking uh, service that lets consumers uh, choose um, sustainable development goal um, certified funds for their investments. Now, to be able to do that, obviously, the fund can self-qualify and and self-certify and all that. You have today certification authorities that do that to some extent. But additionally, you obviously have a lot of reporting around this. And what we now, as an example, do for this um, neobank is we take all available information from PIM data sources, Morningstar, Funfire, um, LexisNexis and others, and analyze this to figure out uh, signals around those sustainable development goals, as an example, affordable um, and, and clean energy. And with that qualify, that offering that this bank brings to its consumers. And with that, you can obviously have an impact because if enough people choose this type of investment strategy built around sustainable energy production, this eventually will have a significant impact by actually changing the underlying way you generate electricity, going away from fossil fuels, go towards more sustainable as an example, solar or or wind or Mm -hmm. or other types of energy generation. I appreciate that. And I think you're right. I am the business that I'm, I'm currently leading is an international nonprofit. And about Mm -hmm. a decade ago, we wanted to have smarter investment decisions that aligned with our mission and our vision. And it was really difficult um, a number of years ago. And I'm really grateful that it is easier today. And our, our listeners mm-hmm. should know that it's easier if mm-hmm. you are looking for it. So I really appreciate that story. Hey, something you said triggered thoughts for me when you're when you're talking about resources. And I would just love to take a little sidestep and, and talk about the impact on, on business when you have aspects of your world that are unstable. And right now we're speaking to you and you're on the continent of Europe and there's some pretty big things happening there. Um, as a, as a business leader, um, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing right now impacting, um, businesses due to situation in Europe? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, right? We live in the 21st century and, uh, there is one nation, I'd say the leadership of one nation that thinks it's all right to go with military means after another nation just like that. Um, it's, it's unacceptable and, and should stop immediately. Now, unfortunately, that goes on for six months. It had a couple of impacts here in the continent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without going too much into politics and, 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 and keep it on, on the very personal level. As an example, this country here received tens of thousands of refugees, um, well-qualified refugees. Um, I see that in my own place where I live. Um, in the school my daughter goes to, we received about 30 children between the ages of about 6 and, and, and 15, 16 of Ukrainian origin. Obviously, not none of them really speaking well German that you had to integrate to give them an, an opportunity in life. So on a very personal level, this is, is an engagement, I think, that we all have to rise up to. It's not of our choosing this challenge, right? Somebody else mm-hmm. imposed that on us. Um, but it is up to us now to um, realize this is an, as an opportunity, as an opportunity to to change the world at the end, even even in that horrible situation for the better. 
by giving these kids a future, a future in a, in a place that is safer than the place they, they had to flee. That's on a personal level. On, on a business level, obviously, it is every, it's a truism, right? Every situation where there is a level of, of uncertainty and doubt um, makes for business grow slower, makes for business decisions being postponed. And, and as a younger startup and, and growing company, you obviously are immediately affected by that. So this had a couple of consequences for us. Um, obviously, we we plan way more carefully in, in any dollar we spend or the equivalent over here, Swiss francs and euros. Um, we have the privilege to also be active in, in the US, a country which I love, um, where the, the, the economic cycle is different than what we see here. So as an example, we have to shift it. We, we start to shift some of our focus more so to the US as, as we see a faster pickup rate there than at the moment in, in, in Europe. So manage it well, try to navigate these treacherous waters well from both a top line, but also bottom line perspective. And then the third piece, which again is is all about people at the end, that makes the whole difference. We, we set up a program where we start to actively look for um, displaced people from Ukraine and around uh, to give them um, an opportunity to work with us and for us. We don't do this, make it very plain and simple for charity per se, um, but we do this with a, with a clear objective in mind to, 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 to have a workforce mm-hmm. that is diverse and equitable. And by the way, they have fantastic people over there. So yeah. most recently we, we were joined by two programmers from Ukraine um, that at the moment live in Ukraine, obviously in difficult situations. And this is our smallest uh, contribution um, to try to make the best out of that difficult situation. Well, Dorian, thank you for sharing sharing that. Um, I think it's it's such a how do I want to say it? It it it's such a heart wrecking situation. And but you're you're right. There's there's people. If everybody steps up, there's there's good that can come from it. Um, so thank you for that. I, I want to switch back. We're we're going to come close to our time soon. And you had mentioned that you've been with your co-founders for over 20 years. We don't like to age ourselves, Dorian, on this podcast, but over 20 years. And uh, you had other startups before before this one. What is your kind of best advice for a company founder, a startup leader, um, or a business builder um, on how to survive the bumps and bruises and the choices you have to make along the way? I obviously wish everyone as fantastic co-founders on their site as as I have the privilege to have on my site. You speak to me now, but effectively you don't speak to me. You speak to also my two co-founders. I wouldn't be here without them, full stop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm maybe sort of uh, the spokesperson of the company, my role as CEO, um, the ability to have that balance with with both of them. We just had a long dinner yesterday evening and, and spoke about many things. We're joined by uh, one of the wives of one of my co-founders. It's that at the end, right? If if we all look back and we don't want to make ourselves too old by that, but say if we, I don't know, 30 years from now, really old then, and if we look back, it's those moments that make all the difference. Um so I obviously wish for all of your listeners to to have that privilege as well. And then again, you know, startups are hard. Startups, I say that when I'm invited maybe to talk about that. I always say that 
startups are sorry for a bit foul language or effing hard, right? Yeah. Um, and what helped me personally, I came across about 20 years ago about this management book called From Good to Great, where Jim Collins dug up that um, uh, American hero called Stockdale, Admiral Stockdale. And where he paraphrased that as sort of the Stockdale paradox. Stockdale was a uh, marine admiral, if I'm not mistaken, that got shot down over over Vietnam and spent probably six, seven years, I would need to go and check, in an awful um, prisoner camp, war prisoner um, camp in, in a war situation. And while many people perished, he didn't. And that interview person asked him, how did he do that? And the interview person asked him, yeah, well, you must be a really optimistic person. Otherwise, you wouldn't have kind of like gone through the ordeal. And his response was, no, I'm not. And then the interview person goes like, why not? And he said, look, the people that were optimists, they thought it's going to be out by by um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving came, Thanksgiving went, there were no doubt. They thought that by Christmas, they thought by Easter and he said, by the latest the second Thanksgiving, they they let go. They died. Yeah, but you can't be an op- you can't be a negative person, the interviewer goes. Sure not, those folks didn't make it through first Christmas. But what are you then? And that paraphrase here a bit that interview, he replied, Look, I had this unwavering belief in a good outcome. Yet at the same time I faced the brutal reality of my current situation. So this paradoxical and unwavering belief in a in a positive outcome while being point blank honest with oneself and, and with your environment where you are in business, if it goes well and also if it doesn't go well, that helped me a great deal. Um, whenever I was in a situation with every company I built, there were these situations where you did by the 15th of the month not really know how to pay the salaries at the end of the month that causes for sleepless nights. Um, I have never failed a single salary payment in 25 years of doing businesses. Um, and that's making me proud about mm. my co-founders and myself. This Stockdale paradox uh, was a central guiding principle. And in no way I want to compare sort of the startup challenges with the ordeal that these folks had to go through. So don't get me wrong on this. But so that principle of the unwavering positive belief, while at the same time being absolute fundamental um, truthful to oneself, to the environment uh, where you are and, and what works and what doesn't, that always helped me. I really appreciate that, that Doreen. I always say as a business leader, um, one of my best skills is knowing where we're supposed to be, right? Knowing this is where we're supposed to go, even if everybody's disagreeing or or not on board or seeing it as not possible. It's I know people use the word vision a lot, but it there is this, you know, as you said, we know the outcome we want. We know where we need to go. So I I really value that story. Hey Dorian, I have to ask, we're 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 up on time. If we were to come back and, and talk to Squirrel in, in two or three years, what's the vision? Where where are you taking the company next? Where are you planning on growing? Uh what can you share with us? We're really in a in a super exciting moment now. I cannot disclose disclose today or anything. In three years, we will have disclosed it. <laughs> but what we do effectively what we do on our side. We're really good 
uh, in recognizing patterns in text, like I described at the very beginning, find that needle in the haystack. Um, the next big boundary, the next big challenge here is how to put that needle into context and how to make it applicable to everyday situations. For that, you need context. For that, you need a deeper understanding. So think graph, think graph technology. A graph for listeners that are maybe not familiar with graph, think of this like a spider web where you have a knot and then you have a link to the next knot, right? And if you traverse that, say, um, and everybody knows that from here to the US, to you, Alison, we have effectively maybe two, three links, and then we are connected through LinkedIn. That's exactly the graph, right? That's the mm -hmm. graph that you and me. Now, if you apply that same logic to business situations and combine those two technologies into one, you get something that is extremely powerful. It's not easy to do. It's, it's, it's not easy to do because the people like us think of the world in probabilistic terms. Machine learning is computational probabilistic compute effectively, right? And the people do graph, they think of the world as a semantic web of things. So outside Google, nobody really has done that in the commercial space. And we have a couple of things in that um, domain that make my head blow off, right? <laughs> and and um, that is super exciting because it gives you a very different take on how to access data and to make use of data and actually transform solid state, unused data into meaningful resources for, for intelligent business decisions. And that's at the end what we stand for. Help companies do drive better decision-making by using what they have most of, unused data. So in three years, come back and I'm more than happy to explain what we learned on that journey and how our customers have transformed their businesses by doing better decision-making using more data. Well, thank you, Dorian. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I hope our listeners heard something interesting and, and new. If they want to reach out to you or find out more, Dorian, where should they go? What should they do? They obviously can come to our website. That is uh, skura.com. Um, they can drop me a line. That is uh, dorian at skura.com. More than happy to engage above and beyond that wonderful conversation that I had with you, Asin, on this lovely Friday afternoon. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you so much, Dorian. To our listeners, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.